chapter 5, as we've, uh, in this section of the Sermon on the, Sermon on the Mount, uh, I've been calling, uh, dealing with real life issues. And uh, because testimonies went so long, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish tonight, but we'll, you know, just give it a shot and see where we end up. Um, uh, but uh, we've been dealing with, uh, or uh, excuse me, Jesus who was re- dealing with six real life issues that um, for the time were uh, hot button issues uh, and they are still hot button issues today. And um, <clears throat> so we've been kind of going through those. We've talked about the first four. Um, but Jesus does something in, in every one of these six real life issues. Jesus does something. And I want, as, I, as we go through them, I want to see if you can pick out what Jesus is doing with, with, these, with these first four issues and that he actually continues to do with the, the next two. So in, verse, uh, in chapter 5, uh, in verse 21, uh, Jesus says, <clears throat> excuse me, and ye have heard that it has been said by them of old, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment, and whosoever shall say uh, to his brother Raka uh, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Skip down to verse 27. <clears throat> ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Verse 32, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away uh, his wife, saving uh, uh, for the cause of fornication causes her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. And then in verse 30, 33 and 34 uh, is number four. Uh, again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not uh, swear thyself, um, but shall. Uh, uh, perform unto the Lord thine oaths. Uh, but I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. So the first four, murder, adultery, divorce, and swearing oaths, uh, we just read all four. Uh, but what is the what is the theme that ran through all those verses that we just read? Okay, with correcting a tradition, absolutely, but there's a deeper theme that Jesus is going after, yes. Okay, the intent of the law, not the letter of the law, but the intent of the law. But there's something even deeper than that yet that Jesus is trying to get a hold of in the, in the listener's heart. And I just told you the answer. <laughs> Jesus was after the hearts of the listeners. 
And what I, he's, I believe with all my heart, what he's trying to do is, is he's trying to communicate to them that murder is a problem of the heart. That um, adultery is a, is a problem of the heart. A, a divorce is a problem of the heart. And swearing an oath uh, uh, haphazardly is a problem of the heart. So all of these issues that he's bringing up are important issues of the day, but he's, he's bringing it around and he's pointing out the problem is not the murder, it's the heart. That's the problem. And as, as we look at these real life issues that Jesus is dealing with in, our, in, 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 in the Sermon on the Mount, we have to stop and say, wait a minute, what is Jesus trying to communicate to us today? Is the problem murder? Okay, the prob- but the problem is not murder, is it? It's the heart. And we live in a society today that um, anything is acceptable. But the problem isn't that anything is acceptable. The problem is it's the hearts of men. And what is the one thing that God wants in your life? Your hearts. So as we... As we look at the next one, um, in fact, the next two are really kind of inter- interlinked, if you would, but at the same time, they're, 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 they're kind of interlinked, but at the same time, they're two separate issues. But they're still both issues of the heart. The next issue that we're going to talk about or the next issue that Jesus deals with is retaliation. Again, this is an issue of the heart. And then the last issue that he deals with uh, is loving your enemies. Now, if that's not an issue of the heart, I don't know what is. So let's start reading in verse 38. You have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek Turn to him, to the other, to, to the other also, and I. And if any man will uh, sue thee uh, at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with thee twain, and give to him that asketh thee, and f- uh, from him that would borrow. Of thee, turn not thou away. Now let me stop right here and say this. Jesus' teaching in these few verses we just read is revolutionary thinking to the minds of the Jews. It is absolutely contrary to what they have grown up thinking. And we'll get into that here in a minute. And then he goes on, verse 43, and he says, Ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy, bless them that curse you. Again, this is revolutionary thinking. 
They, they, were, they had to be sitting there thinking, this guy has lost it. But I say unto you, verse 44, uh, love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be um, the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if, if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. But ye have, uh, but ye therefore, excuse me, be ye therefore perfect. The word perfect there means mature. Uh, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. <clears throat> so, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about number five retaliation tonight. That's my goal. Uh, we'll hopefully get through it tonight. Um, retaliation, an eye for an eye. How many times have we heard that? An eye for an eye is part of the Mosaic law used by Israel at this time. It was, it was embedded into their judicial system. The principle is really pretty simple. Okay, The principle that Jesus is teaching, um, uh, well, well let, let, me, let me back up. The principle of an eye for an eye comes from the Old Testament. We'll talk about that here in a second. <clears throat> but what, now I want you to think about this for a second. Why in the Old Testament did Jesus tell the Jews an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, and, and so on? I mean, there's a whole list of things. But what is, what is the, the purpose for the eye for an eye tooth for tooth. What is the purpose of that? Justice. Okay, justice. Okay, equal justice. Okay? And the reason, okay, God, you know, the the the, the point was this. If <clears throat> if if human nature says this. Okay? I for your head. Right? You pluck out my eye, I want to cut your head off. Why? Okay, because we, our nature says, I want more than just your eye. Exactly. And, what, and the principle that, Jesus, that God was trying to teach them for their judicial system was equal and equitable fairness in their judicial system. Okay? That's what he was trying to teach them. So in Exodus chapter 21, verses 23 to 25, it says, And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt uh, give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So again, that's the idea here is equality in the punishment. The punishment should, should equal the offense. 
But again, what do we want to do? We want more. Okay, he hurts me. He should die. <laughs> okay? Now, the word mischief in this is, uh, it means serious injury. So, so again, what, Jesus, what God was trying to teach the Jews was that if somebody is injured, they, they deserve compensation. But it should be equitable and even or equal. <clears throat> um, capital crime, this is not talking about capital crimes. Capital crimes, according to Deuteronomy chapter 17, uh, if, if somebody killed someone and there were witnesses, then what should, that, what should happen? Okay, life for life. Okay, but there had to be witnesses. Okay, you couldn't go off circumstantial evidence. It had to be witnesses that saw it take place. And <clears throat> so capital, capital murder, that was the case. But for most criminal acts or accidents, if you would, then monetary compensation was made. Um, for, for instance, if somebody was working uh, and, they, and they hurt their hand and they couldn't work anymore, then uh, whoever caused the injury would then financially compensate the individual because he couldn't work any longer. Okay, we call it, today we call it workman's comp insurance. Okay? <laughs> uh, and anyway, I don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but the, the eye for an eye scenario is mentioned in Exodus 21, Leviticus uh, 24, and Deuteronomy chapter 19. And in each time, these phrases are used in the context of civil authority. Okay, so, so get this, because this is important. This is important to the teachings of Jesus, okay? In all three cases, in Exodus, um, what was it? Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, all three cases, it was talking about civil justice, so then who, who then dealt out the punishment? A judge. Okay, we would call them judges today. Or, or a magistrate or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they did. Um, but it, it was always in a civil issue. All three cases. <clears throat> but in Jesus' time, what had happened was the Pharisees had taken it a step further, like it, like they have everything else. <laughs> okay, they took it out of proportion or or out of context, if you would, and they started to apply it to um, personal relationships. So the 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 reality of the time was that if somebody slapped you, you had the right to slap them back. Hence the picture Jesus gives us, if somebody slaps you, turn the other cheek. If somebody insulted you, you had the right 
to turn around and insult them back. That it was a, it was a God given right. You see a problem here? Exactly. Where does it stop? It, it, and that and that's exactly what Jesus was trying to get a hold of. Because now all of a sudden it has gone from civil law and now it has become a matter of the heart. See, when when the civil when the civil authorities deal, deal out punishment, it's not supposed to be personal. It's supposed to be equal and just. Okay, let me. I, I have a statement here. I want to read. Um, it, this is important. <clears throat> I, I found this somewhere. I don't remember where I found it. Um, but anyway, it says this. In giving this new commandment, Jesus is not nullifying the Old Testament law. Rather, he is separating the responsibility of the government from the responsibility that we have on a personal level before God and others. That, and this is, a, this is an important distinction here. Jesus is not nullifying the judicial responsibility of dealing out punishment. In fact, if you, if you look at the foundation of our country, the judicial system of our country, it is based, uh, very much of it is based on the Old Testament teachings of the law and how to deal it out and the, the equality of the law and so on and so forth. <clears throat> we have no business, we have no business seeking <clears throat> retribution for personal slight. That's what Jesus is telling us. Psychologists tell us that violence is born of weakness, not strength. It is the strong man who can love and suffer hurt. It is the weak man who thinks only of himself or hurts others to protect himself. He hurts others, then runs away to protect himself. So this evening, I want to I want to look at Jesus in this passage identifies four specific areas that he that he 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 specifically identifies four specific things. In verse thirty nine, he says this: "But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right uh, cheek, turn to him the other also." So the first one that he talks about is personal insult. Personal insult. You can't get any more personal than somebody walking up and smacking you in the face. Turn the other cheek. Is is he is he literally saying, hey, okay, here, here, take here. You got this one here, take out this one too. That's not what he's saying. Uh, in essence, what he's saying is just ignore him. And that's that was I was just getting ready to say, but what do we want to do? 
No, we don't. We want to get ahead. I mean, you slap me, I'm going to knock you out. I mean, that's how that's how we are. I think I think one of the stupidest things I've ever seen, and I've only seen just snippets of it, is these contests where these guys slap each other. I'm like, how stupid do you have to be? Come over here, let me do that. I, you know, I just, it's it's idiotic. I don't get it. But there's an important concept here, and Jesus is not telling us to be passive. Okay, so so please understand that. He's not teaching passivism. He's teaching strength. He's teaching strength. It takes a strong man, it takes a strong person to stand and take personal insult. He doesn't say, run away. What does he say? Stand there and turn the other cheek. That's strength. Warren Wearsby, one of the commentators I like, I like, I read a lot, he said this, in order to turn the other cheek, we must stay where we are and not run away. This demands both faith and love. It also means that we will be hurt. But it is better to be hurt on the outside than to harm on the inside. But it further means that we should try to help the sinner. We are vulnerable because uh, he may attack us anew. But we are also victorious because Jesus is on our side, helping us and building our character. I love that. The truth is... When someone assault, when somebody uh, 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 insults us, man, we want a pound of flesh. And I, I'm just saying, I know my my personality type is not. I, I have a hard time with this. I, I'm just saying. Jesus. In this statement, in verse 39, gives us a hard look at our hearts. Because our hearts don't want to do that. Our hearts want to retaliate. And Jesus says, don't do it. The second thing he talks about, in verse 40, is fiscal responsibility. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. In a nutshell, what is he saying? Talk to me. Okay, don't don't even resist. But not only not not only that, but he 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 ups the ante a little bit. What does he say? Give them what they want, but give them more. So not only give them your coat, but give them your cloak. 
And a, and a cloak in that day was, was, was normally very valuable. So the, the, the listeners are here say, whoa, 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 back the bus up. What are you talking about? Not only am I, am I supposed to just go along with this, but I'm supposed to give him more than he wants? Humanly speaking, what is that? It's crazy. Christians are to be willing to give more of their material goods, times, labor than required. I'm going to tell you two stories, two very true, true stories. Both of these men were friends of mine. Both of them um, would be considered professional men. They, own, they both own their own businesses. And they both claim to be Christians. The first one owned a fast food restaurant. And the fast food restaurant took off and was doing great. I'll I'll tell you this much. It was a Dairy Queen. (laughs) And it it did. He, He was making money hand over fist. And as long as as long as that was happening, life was great. They were living the high life. Then something happened. I, I don't know. I never got I was never privy to what happened, but something happened, went wrong, and the business started to lose profits. And when that happened, months after, it became harder and harder for him to pay his bills. So in the process, he shifted everything out of his name into his wife's name. The house, the car, the boat. Well, both houses, the, the multiple cars, the boats, all the everything sifted into his wife's name. And I talked to him one day, and he was telling me all this, and, and he was bragging about how he was able to keep everything and lose nothing. But the creditors lost everything. Story number two. <clears throat> this friend of mine wanted to open a new office. So he bought a piece of land near an old building, which was a, actually was an old bank building. And <clears throat> he was going to move it, at, I don't know, it wasn't very far, maybe a quarter quarter of a mile or less. Move it, move the bank building onto his property and and uh, open a new office on on this property. So we went out and hired a, a a moving company that moves buildings. And in the process of moving the building, they dropped it and structurally damaged the building, and it was a complete write-off. Or a complete loss. He reached out to his insurance company. His insurance company paid some of the costs, but not all of it. So then he went to the to the uh, moving company, and the moving company said basically, "Hey, tough luck. 
And he was out thousands of dollars. You know what he did? He just gave it to God and walked away from it. Which man is Jesus talking about here? The second guy. Which of these two men will stand before God and give an account for their actions? Both of them will. But I dare say the second one has a a little bit better leg to stand on. What do we do? You hurt me, you're going to pay. And Jesus says here, no, don't do that. It's just money. It's easy for me to say, I'm not the one having to pay the bills. But that's the heart of Jesus. Number three. Verse 41. Let's look at verse 41. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Point number three. Over and above. Jesus wants us to go over and above. Now we've talked about this verse many times here. And, and you know, I just, I feel like I need to explain it just in case somebody doesn't know this. But in this day... The Israel was governed by this, the, the nation of Rome. And the Roman law said that any Roman soldier could compel a citizen to carry their luggage or whatever they had for a mile. And if, and if that happened, you had to do it or they could kill you on the spot. So when Jesus is talking here, they knew what it meant to be compelled to go for a mile because it was Roman law. You had to do it. And Jesus is saying here, no, don't go a mile, go two. And that is insanity to these people. Because why would somebody in that environment go, ain't no way I'm doing that. Talk to me. Because they hated the Romans. <laughs> why, why would I go two miles? These people, I shouldn't have to go one mile. <clears throat> exactly. Let me give you an example of this. I don't know if you've ever picked up on this. But there's an example of in this in Scripture in Luke chapter 23 and verse 26. After the after the trial of Jesus when he's being hauled off to Calvary for the crucifixion, the Bible says this. And as as they laid him, excuse me, as they led him away, they laid hold on one Simon, a Cyrene, coming out of the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. What did the, the, this is the picture. There's a huge crowd. 
watching all what's going on. And Jesus was having trouble because of the beating, everything that he took. And a Roman soldier probably reached into the crowd, grabbed the first person he saw by the neck, threw him down and said, pick it up. He compelled him to do it. And that man had to do it. Phillips, uh, John Phillips wrote this. The British Navy in bygone days had similar rights to seize able-bodied men in time of war and hail them off to sea to serve their country on starvation wages. The press gangs, as they were called, were dredged uh, uh, in all seaport towns. In modern society, the courts have the right to impanel uh, uh, juries, take at random from the ranks of the people. The Jews greatly resented this kind of um, compulsory service, but the Lord taught that it, that it is our duty to help those who rule over us, to do us cheerfully, and to be, uh, excuse me, and to go beyond the call of duty. When people seize us, we are to go the second mile. Quite contrary to the spirit of Christ in the in the in in the spirit of the age, which espouses march, um, excuse me, uh, which espouses marching, demonstrations, civil dis- disobedience, uh, setting. Uh, settling disputes with strikes and confrontations and fostering dissatisfaction for the for a uh, defiance of authority. What is what is Phillips Brooks saying here? Uh, 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 John uh, John Phillips, excuse me. John Phillips is saying this. In our world today, what do we do when we aren't happy? Okay. We protest. We throw rocks, we we loot. Yeah, we get a yeah we get on Facebook and we say nasty things about people. We we go on strike and and all that. And what is what does God say? Don't do it. Not only should you go to work, but you should work extra hard. You say, but wait a minute, Pastor. I am an American citizen. I have the right to demonstrate. And my question is what she just said. What are you first? Are you a are you an American citizen first? Or are you a believer in Jesus Christ first? Hopefully, you're a believer in Jesus Christ first. Hopefully. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 21 to 24. For even hereunto you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. What was the example Christ gave us? The fact that he suffered for us. That we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, 
who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sin in our own in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by who by whose stripes you're healed. Jesus taught us. Je- Jesus lived what he taught. And then number four, you're going to hate this one. If you, had, if you didn't like the first three, you're going to hate this one. <clears throat> Simply give. Give. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn, thou, uh, turn not thou away. We should be giving people. We should be giving people. The Apostle John wrote this in 1 John chapter 3, and verses 16 to 18. He says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. He gave us everything. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whosoever uh, hath this world's good, goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion uh, from him, how dwell, uh, how dwelleth the love of God in him? For little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. An illustration of that. Two very simple illustrations of that. Number one is the love offering we just gave Brother Fry. I, I, I don't know for a fact, but I can, I can almost guarantee that his normal love offering is nowhere close to that. But our little church in the middle of the desert Gave. And then, I mean, we're out of them now, but we're, you know, the blessing bag or the homeless bags that we pass out. You know, that's just two examples of ways that we as a church can minister. But God gives us all opportunities throughout our days to to do things for people. So let's let's wrap let's wrap this up and we'll be done. Enforcing the eye for an eye is the job of the judge. It is it is it is a civil issue, not a personal issue. And Jesus was going after the hearts of the hearers again. Forgiveness is a personal thing that each of us needs to learn how to deal with.
two very important truths and we'll be done. Number one, the Christian is guided by Jesus' words to forgive. When Jesus, when Je- basically what Jesus is saying here <clears throat> is somebody slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek, or just stand there and just let them abuse you. Be strong. That goes against every ounce of everything in me. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if somebody insults me or my wife, I, I, there's, it, it just, there's something that just snaps. Jesus said, don't do that. Was Jesus insulted? You think? <laughs> but, but he never retaliated. He never once retaliated. The second important truth here is the Christian is radically different from those who follow their natural instincts. We should not follow the natural instincts. And what had happened in Jesus' time is the, the, the um, uh, Jewish leaders had given the people justification to do horrible things because they had taken the teaching of the Old Testament, the civil law teaching, and turned it into a personal thing. And now all of a sudden, not only could I retaliate, but I had the blessings of the church. So not only could I, but I was supposed to retaliate. And it was devastating the society. Look at our world today. How many of you like lawyers? (laughs) Most of us can't stand lawyers. Well, in this case, yeah. Um, but most of, most of us can't, can't stand lawyers, right? Why? <laughs> you know, because most lawyers, I, I, did, I, did, I did some work one time for a lawyer, and I, I, was, I was absolutely appalled with what he told me. This guy was, he was, he was becoming filthy rich. Over, over technicalities in the law. He says, I know that these people I'm getting off, I know they're guilty. But I don't care. Like, man, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> what is Jesus saying? You need to be strong. He's not telling us to be weak. He's telling us to be strong. So, number one, murder, adultery, divorce, swearing an oath, retaliation. Next week, we'll talk about our favorite subject, loving our enemies. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, 
Thank you for your love. Thank you for this time together. We thank you for the Word of God and the, the, the power and the, the life-changing truths that we can learn from this book. Thank you for, for all that you teach us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.